Hey guys, just wanted to call out, this episode's a bit weird to listen to or watch. We were having really bad IT issues on this night. The service we were using appeared to keep dropping out. Um, figured it out in the end. Uh, it was a Wi-Fi issue at my end. Um, so we have fixed it for future episodes, but this episode's a little clunky. So I've done my best to edit it so it's easier to listen to and watch. It's a bit shorter than normal. Um, it's the best we could manage. So, yeah, enjoy, and um, thanks for bearing with us. Bye. being off for several weeks as usual you've got myself tim you've got lachlan howdy and you've got ruben hello uh guys covid done behind us let's never have that again that sucked i think ribs would say you're being melodramatic because uh, he seemed to cruise on through it <laughs> <laughs> yeah it sounds like you got the worst of it there timmy i didn't and i didn't have to give up video games like lachlan either yeah, I think you got the easiest out of all of us, buddy. Yeah, I'm not complaining. I must, I must admit that when I first came down with it, I could not game. I could not watch movies. I was just wrecked. <laughs> um, <laughs> and unfortunately, whenever I'd lie down and fall asleep, my fever would go up. So the only way I didn't feel completely horrendous was having painkillers every couple of hours and just staying awake. Oh, so it uh, wasn't amazing. But anyway, that's done. No. So we're back. Um, thanks for persevering with waiting for us everybody and um, I must say while I was uh, sitting there suffering in my feverish state I did think a lot around some of the principles we've learned uh, on this show um, mm. particularly things that were annoying me or that I was thinking about in my uh, mind I was like well this is an impression so what, what is this impression and uh, is it what it seems <laughs> and uh, is it in accordance with nature? Is it something that uh, is in my control to change? No? Okay, throw it away. <laughs> and um, <laughs> that was good. Are, are you guys still thinking about that sort of stuff? Or, I'll start with you, Lachlan. Have you still been applying any uh, of these things? Uh, off and on. Um, I'm, uh, I'm pretty bad, I think, with maintaining anything like that. So... Uh, if I um, if I don't use it the the week I, I sort of get it uh, I'll probably forget about it. I've just got a really bad memory, right? So <laughs> so I'm pretty bad for some of that stuff. Um, but on the flip side, some things do do stick with me, and I I find I, I still flip back to stuff that's from the Republic from time to time. So uh, when you're talking about that, Tim, I was just thinking about you know the sick man in the Republic who uh, you know if he's too sick sick to do his job, you know what's the point of living, mate? Yeah, so <laughs> <laughs> keep on doing your job, sure. or, uh, or a, not. Can't stay at home with your ailments. Give me a <laughs> give me a quick uh, a quick uh, a quick solution, or else uh, forget about it. Yeah, a That's quick it. recovery or a quick yeah. death. 
there. Yeah, cool. Uh, yeah, so anyway, while I was off, uh, didn't do much for the first few days and then started being able to actually look at a screen. So um, finished playing Witcher uh, 3, which was really awesome. Um, Good on you. A friend of mine, if I don't know if he's listening, his name's Abe. He um, has written articles for gaming magazines before and he sent me a copy of his article that he wrote uh, when he finished playing The Witcher 3. Uh, talking about his dismay of now that it's over, what do I do with my life? <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's, it's a again. pretty amazing game. Well, that's right. There are people that just keep starting it again and finding all these different alternative endings and quests. Well, Gwent is the uh, true end game, anyway, isn't it? Yeah. Witcher Three is the side quest of Gwent. The way I play, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm playing Witcher Three Gwent tournament featuring Witcher Three. <laughs> nah, what did I've, got, you, uh, I've gotten too good at it <laughs> how do you think it weighs up against the TV show because I actually really like the TV show but this is um, probably the only time in history where it's kind of like I actually think the characters and the story are better in the game than the TV show and the TV show is great so how does that work what do you think mm. of, where are you at on that uh, I want to see more of the characters from the video games in the TV show, for sure. Um, I can't remember that dude's name, um, who's like the, the the Riddler sort of guy who travels in time. What's his name? You know the dude? Oh, Cheeky yeah, looking guy. Sure. Um, he can stop time. You know that dude? Yeah, he was in the expansion. Um, I don't yeah. know what his name was, but um, Blood and Stone or something, I don't know. Yeah, he's great. It's been a while. I'd love to see him in the TV show. But um, I think the TV show, obviously, The Witcher is pretty good. I think it's on par with the game. Um, mm. Dandelion, I think, is better on the show than in the game. Um, but I think everything else, the game's got it. I think the game is better. So, mm. yeah, it's pretty... Yeah, you're right. I mean, it's not unusual for the game to be better than the show, when you really think about it. I mean, think of no, Doom. That's true. Think of Tomb Raider. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've no, I mean, in terms, I mean, in terms yeah. of quality of story, generally, not necessarily video game versus video game, but like TV version of the video game. But I mean, in terms of um, just the quality of story, generally, almost always going to be better on TV. Or, or I don't know. I mean, I think like uh, you know, um, games are really struggling. Well, not struggling, but they're really trying to put story as a core fundamental i mean obviously if you're playing a first person shooter story is not going to be the the, the <laughs> primary sort of concern but um but i think there's been some really sort of great games with some fantastic sort of storyline um in them i think they're getting better and better because i don't know i mean tv itself obviously all the streaming services are kind of taking over from tv and i think gaming wants to snag a good portion of that audience as well so they're mm-hmm. trying to get better at the story side i reckon yeah, and yeah. I think you can't just bank on graphics anymore. You know, no. most of the genres have been done, so it's going to be about the niche that you can offer of the world building and the characters more so than the graphics and the way it plays. Mm. So. Yeah, I think if you're weak on that, um, you know, uh, no matter how good the hype train is, you're not going to be able to survive. I mean, you look at Cyberpunk, and I think um, like that was something I was super keen to play, but 
I found the story is pretty weak. Um, you know, you could put up with any glitches. I mean, they, they sort of got through all that anyway in the end, but <clears throat> um, had the story been a bit stronger, people would still be playing it. Yeah. <clears throat> what was that other game that was meant to be a Destiny killer that ended up being garbage? Where you're playing like in the machine robot things. You know the one I mean, don't you, Ruben? Yeah, I can't think of the name there. of it. I think everyone's well, forgotten there it. There you go. There's the problem. It's it looked magnificent, the but the, uh, the story wasn't there. But, um, was it that Anthem that that's crashed it. and burned really badly? Anthem. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah, I played it and I'm like, oh, this is cool, first level. And got to the end of the first level, and I'm like, "Oh, that's all of the world they've made. There's nowhere else to go." <laughs> oh, okay. Um, <laughs> I guess we were spoiled with Destiny One and Destiny Two, weren't we? <laughs> mm. So, anyway, all right. Well, let's uh, let's jump into the book. So, yeah, uh, we are up to uh, or chapter, I'll call it eleven. Um, now, I was just saying to you guys as we jumped on. I really love this one. I read this um, to my wife the first time I read it a few weeks ago. And, um, yeah, it really got her quite emotional um, thinking about her dad. And um, we both sort of talked about it, and it's a really touching passage. So I'll read it, and then we'll talk about it. Uh, Never say of anything I lost it, but say I gave it back. Has your child died? It was given back. Has your wife died? She was given back. Has your estate been taken from you? Was this, uh, was not this also given back? But you say, he who took it from me is wicked. What does it matter to you through whom the giver asks it back? As long as he gives it to you, take care of it, but not as your own. Treat it as a passers-by treat and in. Mm. Mm. Beautiful. Well, what do you guys think? You know, it's it's um <laughs> interesting. I mean, I, I uh, must say I didn't take it as beautiful on the first cut because <laughs> I just thought he's being a bit cold again. Um, <laughs> you know, in the but you know I can understand the appreciation of. Um, I mean, he's getting trying to get across things that you know people and things. Everything is transient in the end, and. Um, you know, you need to appreciate it for all it's worth while you've got it. And, um, you know, just be the understanding that it, that it's not forever. Nothing is. So, um, mm. you've got that understanding from the get go. You probably appreciate it more and get more from it. And, um, I think that's some of the depth he's, he's kind of looking at there. Maybe. Is that how you guys took it? <laughs> What do you think, Ruby? Oh, I am. I think I say this every week, but I I just wanted to know what's behind like these little statements. So I, I I too I thought it was a, a really good good one too. But I noticed um, that um, he refers to the giver and uh, the in. In the translation, we all got the same translation, so it should be the same this time around. But the giver is—it's uh, got a capital G. So I was wondering to myself, what's what's that? I wonder what that's translated from, um, because my, obviously 
in our current day, you look at anything in terms of capital G, you think, oh, that must be, you would assume that's a, a name or an entity. Yeah. So I'm, I, I just wonder if um, in the context of this little part, whether he's referring to some kind of, uh, you know, personal entity or whether it's something more broader or pantheistic. Hmm. So, so you mean basically like what I'm saying is, what, who's the giver? What's the giver in this scenario, basically? I had a thought about that, that it was sort of going back to um, talking about like the fates that we sort of had in um, the Republic and um, that that was kind of like you've been like given your lot. You remember they were assigning people lots for their life? Yeah. They could have like a, an easy lot or a hard lot or whatever. Um, and so it was like you've kind of been given your lot and that's your lot. You've got this person in your life for a, a set amount of time and when the fates want them back they take them back you know um so i, I must admit I, I took it quite literally like that like you're saying i think rubes um but i i, I was sort of thinking it was probably the fates is maybe what they're referring to the giver yeah I, I think that's likely too but that's that's why in my i was wondering specifically what that what he means by the giver and what it translated from but it's in some ways it's not super important the other thing I noticed with this too is, is once again, um, the theme of ownership, like he's, he's mm. constantly um, coming back to this idea of ownership, like what's yours, what's really yours, what what have you got control over uh, when something, and then there, now he's basically saying if something's taken off you, um, you know, uh, why are you getting upset? <laughs> mm. Yeah, and it's the, again, like not saying it, it's the thing, it's not because the thing's being taken away from you, it's um you know you're upset about the person that you're blaming for it or whatever else it is and you know is that a good use of your energy um it's he's just saying it's irrelevant if they they're gone they're gone how it's happened is just how it's happened um i i, I must admit i found that a little funny though too because you know just in the you know, i suppose we've been so indoctrinated about talking about justice and then I was like, wouldn't it matter like a little bit <laughs> how they've gone? Because maybe it was unjust, you know, and uh, so maybe you've got a reason to feel pissed. I don't know. I, I guess he's saying you've got to take your measure, right? Rather than sort of uh, letting it run you. Maybe still seek justice, but don't get emotional about that. It's just you should seek justice because that's how, how our society works. Um, don't uh, spend your life getting worked up about it, you know. Yeah. Mm. There's there some, some seems something practical and maybe healthy about thinking about the things that you have as not being yours. That's an interesting idea. Yeah, for sure. Um, it's like you, you can tend to them. It's like you, it, 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 you just treat it. Treat it as a passerby treats an inn. Uh, I don't think it's a, like a flippant state. No one would be thinking that, like, like, like you know, the rock stars are throwing televisions out the, the hotel window, that kind of thing. But just just that idea of um, you know, while it's while it's yours, take care of it. But uh, while it's not, let it go. Yeah, I mean, th this is where I was sort of having that think. Oh, man, um, he's been a bit of cold bastard. So it's like flipping back to when he was talking about like the jug the other week. Um, <clears throat> you know, if you break the jug, it's not a big deal. If your child dies, not a big deal. Like, and he's not saying it's not a big deal, but it's just 
in the same sort of thing. It's just you have to understand things that are outside of your control and that if you know from the get-go there's the nature of something that it's going to uh, not exist forever, then you know that before it happens. So why are you getting upset about it? Um, it it yeah. does seem about... The other, the other yeah. thing it reminds me of is that, that old saying, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Mm. And for some reason, whenever I hear that, I, I actually don't even know whether that's a direct quote from the Bible. I'm not sure. It could be. I'm sure it's probably in there somewhere. That's pretty bad that I don't know that. But um, whenever I hear that, I think of um, that really old Kevin Costner, Robin Hood movie. Um, because I remember when I was a kid, I think that was the first time I heard it, when the uh, the old Friar Tuck falls off the cart and breaks his wine. <laughs> and that's what he says about it. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder funny. if it's I wonder if it's in the book of Job. I feel like that's where it'd be. <clears throat> if it was anywhere. Well, well I'll I'll try to look it up to me if you want to share your thoughts on that quote because you started out saying you kind of <laughs> I found it really beautiful. Um uh it it ties in with that is it in accordance with nature? But then yep. it also addresses the if it isn't in accordance with nature slightly in that um what does it matter to you through whom the giver asked it back so you know if someone has you know um taken your i don't know what you lose back then your donkey or something um <laughs> you know yes it matters that that person's taken you should pursue justice but if at the end of you seeking justice you still have not got justice well this is a way to be at peace with that because you know ultimately a, a higher being has decided well you've had your time with that thing and now it's mine again hmm. so i thought it was good but it just to me uh, like you're right Ruben, about that sort of biblical idea of lord gives and lord takes um well um and, uh, you, you nailed yeah. it job 121 bang too good <laughs> Um, but, Who, well, who's been right. listening to Catholic apologists for hours at a time for months? <laughs> this guy. What do, you, what do you call it? The, um, the that that would. I mean, I'm I'm sure I have no doubt that when old mate wrote this, he wasn't thinking of that Christian idea. But it, when in this quote, when you've got giver with a capital G, and then later on he gives it you, and it's got a capital H, that kind of could fit pretty easily into that Christian framework. I think at this time they were debating. I, I mean, we recall in the Republic, Socrates was challenging the idea of many gods and that there's probably just one. I think by this point in time, there was considerable debate about that. So it could be that. Yeah, because this is post. Is it post Aristotle? I think it's post Aristotle as well. And, and he. Um, <laughs> Yeah, and he came to that same sort of similar conclusion uh, to mm. Socrates that there is one. Mm. Anyway, I, I I thought it was just very well written, and um, yes, it, a lot of the philosophy I don't really go to my wife saying, "Hey, check this out." Um, <laughs> and when I do, like, she she loves me, so she <clears throat> listens and she tries to get excited with me but 
um, when I read this one to her, she took it out of my hands and read it again herself and then just started tearing up. And I was like, oh, wow, mm. this is this is great. She's um, seen something in there that I also see. So, yeah, it was nice. That's good, man. Mm. Yeah, I, I must admit, I, I found myself a bit challenged uh, with this. And um, I think um, I, I was trying to understand maybe a little bit better the, the idea of the stoicism again and um so i did a little bit of reading i suppose to try and get my head around a little bit because I, I just kept on coming back to this this just feels kind of cold this distance we're trying to put in here um so i got my, my mind put a little bit at ease because i think i have been a bit off point as far as the intention goes from from some of these writings um <laughs> so um yeah, I think like but I, you're, I read one. You're, you're right, Lachlan. It's kind of jarring, like mm. um, some of the things he says. Like like you referred to that one the other week, where he basically in one sentence he's talking about smashing a jug in the same at the, at the same level of losses, losing a, a loved one, a wife, or something. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. I I, I think um, yeah. I read something else. I wish I could remember where I read it, but. They were sort of saying it's, it's more about just focusing on what, not focusing on being worried about losing these things um, to make you take more action while they're there to get more out of it. And I don't know, the, the, the Stokes are about sort of taking action with what you can control, which is what we're sort of finding with this stuff as well. So making sure that you just enjoy that moment, knowing that it's not going to last forever. Um, and in general, focus on living a virtuous life instead of like, if we, we talk about like losing, like say you're worried that your wife's going to leave you or something like that. And you're like jealously guarding your wife to make sure she doesn't talk to any other men or something like that. <clears throat> you're going to drive them away. Whereas if you're just like a good dude who loves your wife, yeah, you might still get screwed over. But I mean, if she's going to do that, she's going to do that anyway, right? Um, but if you're a... <laughs> a great husband and give her space and give her love, then everything will probably be all right. You know what I mean? And if it's not, then yeah, it's going to be won't, anyway. You won't, you won't, yeah, you won't spend all your time, you know, worrying about it and basically yeah. not enjoying what you can. But um, I actually yeah. think one of the next uh, quotes addresses that. Ah. But just before we jump, I, I also think that this one nails like what's important to men when you really think about it like if you can think of who you like as a man of a family your responsibilities are like you keep your children safe and then you keep your wife safe and then you provide the home and and that sort of stuff like that was that's always well not always but for a long long time that's been what the role of the husband is mm. is uh they're the priorities you know, protect the children protect the wife provide the home so yeah. the fact that he's gone straight after those three things, um, I think makes it really applicable to guys who have those things, you know, um, which back, you know, even now it's still the majority of men end up, you know, um, in relationships and having kids and that sort of stuff. Mm. So yeah, I thought it was interesting. No, for sure. All right. So 12, uh, if you wish to make progress, abandon reasonings of this sort. If I neglect my affairs, I shall have nothing to live on. If 
I do not punish my son, he will be wicked. For it is better to die of hunger, so that you be free from pain and free from fear, than to live in plenty and be troubled in mind. It is better for your son to be wicked than for you to be miserable. Wherefore begin with little things. Is your drop of oil spilled? Is your sup of wine stolen? Say to yourself, This is the price paid for freedom from passion. This is the price paid this is the price of a quiet mind. Nothing can be had without a price. When you call your slave boy, reflect that he may not be able to hear you, and if he hears you, he may not be able to do anything you want. But he is not so well off that it rests with him to give you peace of mind. Um, I'll just tell you straight up. I was getting a little bit confused with this passage, and so I did look up another translation. And uh, a lot of stuff where they're talking about at the start with the um, with your son or your your boy or something like that. They're actually referring to the slave along, uh, like through most of that text oh, in the okay. other translation that I had. Um, so, because uh, he's talking about if if I uh, chastise my slave, uh, or if I unless I chastise my slave, he will be bad. And um, you know, it'd be better for your slave to be bad than for you to be unhappy. You know, so is it just another sort of take to to consider on that as well. I wonder if that's a limitation with the. The Greek translation of did was it were they talking about son or were they talking about slave? Like maybe it's a similar word or something. It could be, but then they sort of switched it right at the end of the the passage in our version as well. Mm. So they did sort of put in the um, yeah. So I'm not I'm not sure, but um, I don't know. Maybe it was just a cock up in the original <laughs> translation, perhaps. Um, it was done a long time ago, from what I understand the the, the version we're reading. So. Um, it is yep. possible. It is possible. Anyway, sorry, I thought I'd just uh, lead with that very quickly. <laughs> no, that's good. Yeah. So what do we think? Um, if I neglect my affairs, I shall have nothing to live on. I like it. I, it's really um, it's really balls to the wall to me. I'm like, yeah, he's just like, just commit, you know, don't worry about it. Like, why worry about it? Kind of thing. He's like, if you're gonna, do... well, when I first read that bit, I'm like, he's basically saying, if you're gonna do something, just yeah, go all the way. <laughs> don't, don't, don't worry about it. <laughs> it. Smells like socialism to me. It smells like who cares? Society's safety net will catch you. No, I'm joking. I think you're right. I think it means have a crack. I think a lot of what he's. <laughs> well, I think. Um he's just sort of uh being hyperbolic a bit and exaggerating just uh yeah. because in the context of the, the the slave sort of thing i think it's like oh you're you're dying of starvation like was that because your slaves taking too long to bring you lunch i mean shit's not that bad dude like harden up um, <laughs> you've, got a, you've, you've got a slave mate it's like, yeah. like you're going all right <laughs> yeah i hadn't yeah. thought of it that way that's he's funny <laughs> well because remembering that uh epictetus was a slave too so and I think yeah. that's probably got some relevance to the way he's mm. written um, this passage because he's been on both sides, right? He was a slave and then he has a slave like later on. So relative, um, related to this then, have you ever mm. gotten angry in a McDonald's drive through for them taking too long? Because I do. <laughs> Sometimes I'll be there and I'll be like, this isn't fast food. I could have gone anywhere and got this instead of waiting on this motorway to pay $5.50 for this coffee. I could have gone to the cafe down the, from my house 
watch them make it for me, hop back in my car and go on. It's still going to be faster than this stupid thing and it'll be twice as good. Well, there you go. This is a life lesson for you, Tim. <laughs> I come on. Surely yeah, you've be been better frustrated off, in a Macca's drive-thru. You're better off yeah, you're better off skipping the coffee and being free of uh, uh, of pain and fear. <laughs> the pain and fear of sitting in that drive-thru, you'd be better off just uh, not doing it. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, I don't know. Will you be better to die of hunger? I'm not sure. Not so sure. But um, <clears throat> I think uh, when he's talking about that stuff too, he's, he's talking about um, obviously like, and I think it's really relevant for modern life, but like free from anxiety. And um, it's, you know, is it worth um, causing so much stress over some of this stuff? And I think like similar to the, the previous chapter we were reading there, like this is stuff that's pretty well ingrained in a lot of like particularly blokes, like you're saying, Tim, mm. before, if you've got, you know, kids, wife, house to look after, this is stuff you sweat about sometimes, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Money starts getting tight, not sure what's happening at work. Do you, you know, do you start overthinking stuff sometimes? You're not sleeping properly at night because you're still thinking about it. So is it worth trying to park that stuff and going, you know, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? I may as well still get my good night's sleep and not stress about the shit. It's easy to say that stuff. Like, um, easier you know, said than you, done. Yeah. 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 But I think, well, I liked, I liked the little bit where he says, um, you know, or he's better to die of hunger so that you'd be free from pain and free from fear than to live in plenty and be troubled in mind. Um, hmm. I didn't really want to say this, but I've got to be honest. When I read that bit, it made me think of that whole Will Smith debacle. <laughs> I'm just like, like, like that dude must be so messed up in the head and so troubled in his yeah. mind to get up and do something like that, considering the amount of money and influence that he's got. Yeah. Um, like to me, I'm just like, would you rather have, not have all of that money and power? and influence and war or whatever and not have that level of a troubled mind like uh, for sure they got they got some messed up stuff that's uh going on there so um i'm amazed that dude's still walking around working to be honest was <laughs> he's, he's a broken that's what man. i mean like to, yeah to have that level of a troubled mind like totally. what's what's the point of all that plenty Mm, for sure. That's exactly what I've been thinking through for the last three or six months. Mm. Yeah, right. I'm not. I'm not saying you'd be better off dying of hunger. I wouldn't get that far. But as Lawson no. pointed yeah. out, it's a bit of hyper, a bit of a hyper, hyperbole. Yeah. So yeah, expand on that if you want to. Yeah. No, I've been thinking about that. Like, um, I've got many toys, as you know. Um, I think so. Something COVID exposed to me, because you couldn't really do anything for a while. And then straight after COVID, we've had these bloody floods and all this other nonsense, this wet summer that we've had. Like today, I took my motorbike for a ride. It's the first time I've taken it out. Sorry, second time I've taken it out this calendar year. So in four months, I've used it twice. And when you start seeing, oh, I need to service it, I need to register it, it's, um, but you're not using it. It becomes like this burden and this frustration rather than something that you should be happy to own because you're like 
oh man, I've got to spend another thousand bucks on this thing that I haven't used. And now it's just being a pain in my backside because now I've got to go get it inspected by some mechanic and then go online and do all this stuff. For what? Like, I don't even use the bloody thing. So, um, and you know, and if I didn't have that thing, yeah, would I need to earn as much money? Could I get a job closer to home if I ditch half of my stuff? You know, and you start, so they're the questions you start asking. So it's very, very similar. Mm. Um, and that's, you know, I think a lot of people are thinking that at the moment, which is why you're seeing this massive proportion of people changing jobs because they've just gone, actually, staying home isn't that bad. You don't need that much stuff to be happy. Um, I think Netflix is a big part of that. <laughs> like people just being able to have endless entertainment at their fingertips for 20 bucks a month plus a internet if you mm. learn how to cook um, you know you don't need to get takeaway every day if you know how to cook you can keep things actually relatively affordable I think people losing their jobs or having to restrict their hours and getting a lower income made them realise actually you can live on a bit less if you make some little sacrifices of things that you don't necessarily need I love how positively you're thinking there Tim I, I don't know that <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't know if I agree that, that the um, the world is doing that but I, I like the fact that you think that though because that just shows what a good person you are <laughs> heaps of people have left their jobs no no I agree with that but yeah I don't know I think like um, I don't know, people are still being like because they've been at home, people have been ordering shit tons of shit online because they can't go out places. And I don't know um, if we talk. Oh, I lost both of them. Okay, so um, what really happened there is I didn't like being screwed, so I turned off the interview. Um, but what we're going <laughs> to say is happened is there was a technical glitch. And uh, it cut everybody off for a few minutes. <laughs> so um, anyway, so you disagree with me. Why, so why am I a nice guy and why do you disagree with me? <laughs> I just, uh, I think during COVID, people have been um, doubling down on sort of buying and collecting stuff because they've had nowhere to go, no holidays to have. Um, so I reckon people have been spending more on useless stuff. Well, not useless stuff, but just stuff that they want i mean you could even say the same for like the, the cars and the you mm. know boats and uh bikes and stuff like that i mean just look at the values and how they've been sort of shooting up i guess i kind of agree, but, but I, agree. I think the car issue is there's just no shipping anywhere so mm. everything that you would get from overseas you can't get from overseas so everything that's here is suddenly worth more yeah that's true um but I don't know. I think uh, just because I'm sort of in the business, but there's just a lot more sort of packages and, and stuff sort of moving around because people are just buying more stuff online. Some of that was, of course, a necessity because we had lockdowns and things like that. But I think people just had no other outlet. So they're, they're just collecting stuff because they're at home. But, mm. uh, but I would agree that people are certainly reassessing, spending more time with their family uh, rather than commuting or doing any of that sort of stuff so i 100 yep. percent agree with that but uh i think you're a good person for thinking that way tim keep it positive <laughs> bro i love it 
<laughs> what, what, are, what are your thoughts, Ruben? You going to chime in on this, or are you staying like Switzerland? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm Switzerland, brother, on this one. <laughs> I know. I just, I, I just, I don't know. I don't know. I like, I, I, I like your mindset there, Timmy, and um, I, I've experienced a similar thing. But um, yeah, I think Lachlan's right. That doesn't mean the rest of the country is thinking that way. <laughs> Yeah, true. I will grant you that. Yeah. <laughs> I hope you're so right. You think, I hope that's what's going on. So, so what do you think? Coming back to the, the, this thing that we've read, what do you think he means? Is wherefore begin with the little things? Is your drop of oil spilt? Is your sup of wine stolen? Yeah. Do you think he's starting there after being on the other extreme to try and get people to baby step into this method of? Oh, okay. Like, don't cry over spilt milk is essentially what you're saying. Well, I don't know. It says wherefore, not therefore. Oh, wherefore. Yeah, wherefore begin with little so things. Is he, is, he, is he saying why begin with little things or that you should begin with little things? I think he's saying to begin with little things. Yeah. Yeah, I think so too. I, I, yeah. My English skills are just not up there. <laughs> this is a price paid for freedom from passion yeah this bit i like this bit i really like this is the price paid for freedom from passion this is the price of a quiet mind um so it kind of ties into what you were saying tim like sometimes like you say having all these things and having to maintain them um you know sometimes you might have a more more of a quiet mind if you just got rid of them you don't have to worry about it um, no, but uh, once again, I like the idea of, um, and I'd be interested in what you guys' thoughts are on this, um, the idea of there being a price for freedom from passion, um, because in my immediate response to that is that's very countercultural these days, the idea that uh, being free of your desires is a good thing. I think it's a good thing. Mm. But I think society-wise, it's we seem to think the opposite of that these days. What do you guys reckon? I 100% agree. Um, <clears throat> you know, we we spend a lot of time um, talking in the Republic about trying to have balance and control over those parts of your mind, and you know, controlling your desires was a like a life lesson you really needed to do in order to be able to you know, get, get past and make more of your life. And, um, so, you know, the idea that there's a a cost involved makes sense, right? Um, but you know, should you get pissed if they spill a little bit of oil? Not really. Um, you know, if if your slave pinches a bit of vino, you know, uh, (laughs) you know, I've got a slave and the, the, I'm living a pretty good life here, so I guess I, sh- I sh- shouldn't bitch and moan. That's a price of, uh, for, well, it's not just, a, I suppose, the, the price of like a good life. He's saying it's a price of the, the mental freedom. So um, yeah. I'm not going to uh, take that that cost of stressing about that. Is the cost of the wine worth more than the cost of the stress? Hmm. And I think maybe that's how he's trying to get you to balance that up. Um it, it might be harder. Maybe that's why starting with something simple like that, because you can definitely weigh that up and go, oh, it's, it's definitely better to um, pay for the wine rather than have the mental strain. 
when you get onto something a bit harder, it might be harder to find that tipping point, you know, which is worth more, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? So I think maybe that's why he started that, you know, with the easy to tackle stuff. As a, maybe as practice, you know what I mean? Get into the habit. Yeah. yeah. Don't sweat the small stuff. I think it's a good way to think about it, though. It's, it's not, um, I lost my milk that I spilled. It's, oh, I've spilled some milk, and that's the price I get for... Mm. That's that's what I have to pay to just have a cool Not to worry about it anymore. Yeah. So... Yeah, it's... it's it, it, it's like, um, I don't know, it's, it's a bit warped up maybe, but you, you can imagine like an alcoholic. Uh, we had another bug, but uh, straight back in the ribbon. So it's like spilling a bottle of whiskey. No, I was saying like, yeah, if you've got an alcohol sitting on the, you got an alcoholic sitting on a corner with a bottle of whiskey and some dude comes along and takes it and smashes it. Um, if he had this uh, this mindset, the the alcoholic would be like, "Oh, at least I'm free of uh, that passion for that alcohol now because it's gone. I don't have to worry about what I'm going to do when I'm written off later." Um, but <laughs> I mean, like that would be a really healthy way for him to think about it. But let's face it, uh, that's probably not going to be likely for an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Um. I reckon we do one more. We spent quite a bit of time on these ones, but they're good ones, so why not? That's cool. Um, We're used to that from our uh, record with the Republic. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's so much gold here. Um, Okay, so 13. If you wish to make progress, you must be content in external matters to seem a fool and a simpleton. Do not wish men to think you know anything. And if any should think you to be somebody, distrust yourself. For now that it is not easy to keep your will in accord with nature, and at the same time keep outward things. If you attend to one, you must needs neglect the other. What do you guys think about this? This is something that I do at work, and it doesn't always... It's not always well received. Because I think people aren't used to people saying they don't know something or being willing to say, like, I don't know. So, you know, what do you think? Is this a, is this a risky move in today's society to be at work and be like, um, yeah, I'm, I'm starting this new role and uh, I don't really know what I'm doing. <laughs> well. I, 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 the way I read it, I thought there's a risk here of people interpreting you as trying to avoid responsibility. Because, you know, someone comes to you for help and you're like, oh, I don't really know. The, I mean, I, to me, like, sometimes I, I think people these days would be like, oh, is it that you don't know or that you don't want to do the work? Hey, guys. Well, um, we keep trying to record and we keep having our interview software drop out. We're not sure if it's a server issue or if it's a my end issue or whatever it is. So we're just going to wrap it up there for this week and um, I'll do some work through the week to try and get our technology more stable and we'll be back next week. But just before we go, what were you guys drinking? Because I was drinking <laughs> Japanese whiskey. What were you drinking, Lachlan? 
I've got a uh, uh, Mornington Peninsula Pale Ale. It's rather nice, delicious. Yeah. Ruben? And I had an Asashi Super Dry, a Japanese beer. Very, very good. Um, and I just want to say, this is the price we pay for freedom from our passion to podcast. <laughs> wow. Or as Lachlan, or as Lachlan puts it, it is but a drop of oil. Well, and on that note, we're gone again. So thanks for joining us, everybody. Have a good week, and we'll see you next time. Bye.